if you can't be at Alpha or on Alpha, um, the most important part of Alpha is prayer and being behind it and being be praying for it. So I really appreciate you guys be praying for Alpha because that's what will transform things. That's what will make a difference. So the question then comes, why pray? Why pray if God's promised it and he's purchased it? Why pray about that in the first place? So James, not me, the book, he, he said in James 4.2, it says, you do not have because you do not ask. That every miracle has this genealogy. If you trace back to something that's happened in your life, you're either going to find it traces back to prayers that you've prayed or by someone praying for you. And you know, sometimes you may not even know they're praying for you. There's this strange thing that God is God Almighty, God of heaven and earth, but he decides to partner with us. And it's like, it's not, he won't do it until we ask. John Wesley said this, he said, God does not, sorry, God does nothing but in answer to prayer. How does prayer work then? Well, a picture, most, I think we all rent a flat, right? Or a house. Um, picture that can, you can see a little bit is, Landlord and tenant. The, the landlord doesn't and can't just walk into your house and start doing, doing stuff there. Now, God is God Almighty, so it's not quite like that because he can come in, but it's something that it's like he chooses to operate like this. In Psalm 115, 16, he says, The heavens are the heavens of the Lord, but the earth he has given to the sons of men. So it's who's the landlord? Who's the tenant? But for us, I think quite often it can be that a lot of prayer, if we think about prayer within our lives, a lot of prayers about kind of getting stuff from him, what we want, asking God, I want this, can you make this happen? I want this, can you do this? And it's like, treat, treat you more like genie out of Aladdin than we do like the God of the Bible. But a powerful prayer is God getting what he wants and us praying that God would get what he wants. It says this in um, 1 John 5, 14 and 15. It says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God. So this confidence we have in prayer. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of him. How do we know how do we know his will? How do we know it? We know it from the word. Verses like, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so our prayers are essential. It's part of, it's part of this relationship and us being together, living with God, that, we're, that our hearts and his hearts are one, praying for his will to come in this place, in your lives, in the lives of those around you, and God getting what he wants. You know, Jesus promised the Holy Spirit, didn't he? Jesus wants every single person on the face of the earth to be filled with the Holy Spirit, God in, in them. The, the Holy Spirit would come, and Jesus has also purchased it, hasn't he? His death on the cross, it made it all possible that he would ascend and go into glory and that the Spirit would come. And he says this in Acts 1, 4 to 5, read this last week, he said, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift, it's a gift, my father promised, 
which you have heard me speak about. For John baptised with water, but in a few days you will be baptised with the Holy Spirit. So Jesus has promised it and he's paid, yet they still pray for it, yet they still ask for it. In Luke eleven thirteen, it says, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? David Yonke Cho, in a, a book about his kind of ministry, called Prayer That Brings Revival, he writes, when I began my pastoral ministry in 1958, I went um, to a poor area outside Seoul. I pitched a used US Army tent and began to preach. I remember so well actually living in my tent, spending my nights in prayer during our cold Korean winters. I would cover myself with blankets and lying near my pulpit, would spend many hours in prayer. Soon, other members of my small congregation began to join me in prayer. In a short period of time, more than 50 people were gathering to spend entire nights in prayer. This is how I began my ministry. His church is the largest church on the face of the earth. It's powered by prayer. That This guy, the, I think there's over a million people in that, in that one church. In fact, I think they started another one, just gave people away. They're like, take 250,000 people, it's difficult to look after them. You know, just, uh, we'll do that. Um, but the prayer is the focus of it. So we're going to have a big prayer sleepover in here tonight. No, I'm just joking, we're not going to do that. Um, so, but I thank you guys for praying for the church. I thank you guys for praying for Alpha and for, for us, for each other, for Hong Kong, for the city of Hong Kong, for, for Sai Kung. Be praying. So, second point is, as we pray, prayer is not just prayer, but it's worship and prayer. And worship isn't just doing the singing, stuff like that. Worship is worshipping him, and we can worship him within our prayers. Luke gives us a little bit more detail, and he says in Luke 24, 51, he says, While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they stayed continually at the temple, praising God. So it's not about this kind of quiet, okay, just we're just going to pray and ask for all the stuff. Because worship is so important, it's important to worship by singing, but also worship in our prayer life. Because we, if worship in our prayer life stops our prayer life becoming a shopping list. That actually as we worship him in our prayer then suddenly everything, everything in our prayer life changes. It does, it's not like a quick WhatsApp reminder to God to sort this thing out in life and it goes and you're like, okay, good, I get on with my day now, I've asked him for what I need. If you think about it, how would a king pray? A king who's got every single thing. You know, he's, he's got all his stuff and there'll be issues and stuff like that in life, but it's not just kind of like your everyday person. The, that would be useful, wouldn't it? To know how would a king pray where he's not having to ask for stuff. Fortunately, there is a king who prayed. He wrote an entire book about it and it's called the Psalms. That we can go into that and actually see these songs and prayers to God that are worship to him. A good little uh, guide is the Lord's Prayer. Remember Jesus said, pray like this. And it's, sometimes people then take it as a religious thing and we just repeat it. But actually, you can use it as a framework and shows you how to even enter prayer. So not to enter prayer with about you, but enter prayer about him. And what that means is, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
That's all praise to him, isn't it? So we go, and you can pray around that. You may pray for 30 minutes just with that kind of in your mind. Just, God, you're amazing, you're awesome. Never start a prayer. Lord, could you do this thing for me? I do it as well, so it's no, no judgment. But like, start in praise, start in worship of him, because then that begins to realign everything. It's not until the next verse, give us this day our daily bread, that we begin to look at us and our lives and our, our surroundings and, and our families, but we enter prayer in worship. So I encourage you guys to do that. Thirdly, be united in prayer. Now actually, if everyone is, is if there's a lot of discord, then, and we're all kind of not together on this thing, then there's, there's a weakness in prayer. It says this in Acts 1.14, these all with one mind were continually devoting themselves to prayer. This thing of one mind, like unanimous, they're on the same, they're in harmony, like that musical term, that if everyone's in harmony, there's, it sounds beautiful. But if they're not, then it just sounds terrible. In 1 Corinthians 1.10, it says, I am... Paul writes to the Corinthians and he says, I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ to live in harmony with each other. Let there be no division in the church, rather be of one mind, united in thought and purpose. And so there's, there is this great beauty around that. Why united? It's united, we need to be united because we have a common saviour, we have a common mission, we have a common vision. But ultimately, it's not just united in the church here, destiny, but it's united all the churches in, in Hong Kong, all the churches in the world, that we would be, that we would be one, that he would be the most important, that it wouldn't be when we go to pray, um, give us this day our daily bread, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, you know, but that we're going and putting him first. I think a good picture of this is like sun, sunflowers. Some, do you guys know sunflowers is a flower that actually follows the sun? So they're like that, and then the sun comes up, and they all they go around like that, and it goes down. So they all follow the sun through the day in the field. And that's what we're to be like as believers, that it's not we're looking at our stuff and our, our priorities, but that actually our priority is him, the king of kings. There's a saying that says, Christian discord is Satan's melody. It's like this electronic circuit that's got so much potential and power to drive aeroplanes and cars and all this kind of stuff. But when there's disunity in that, there is no power at all. And so that's why it's so important to avoid gossip in church, that there's no space for gossip, that there's no space for bitterness, that if... We're all humans, we can't choose, we can choose our friends, but we can't choose our family, and church is family, not friends. Well, they get, hopefully they're friends as well, but you know, you don't get to choose the people in church, but the, the thing is, it's about loving them, and sometimes it is about just being truthful and saying, look, that really's not okay when, that really upsets me, being in love confront someone. But sometimes as well, I've known people who just were constantly confronting someone in love. And it's like, actually, there are times when it's in loving kindness and long-suffering just to lay the thing down. Say, look, I love you, I bless you, and I'm just going to let that thing slide. So avoid gossip and avoid bitterness 
in church. It's the most dangerous thing for church. That's how churches split. And there's a root that can come in, which is just so bitter and dangerous that it, that begin also it's bad for the individual experiencing it, beginning to feel it in their hearts. And then unfortunately, I've seen it happen in different churches that it's like there's a rot and it's, it's so, it's devastating. And so that's something we don't want to be happening here. So guys, actually, if you see people kind of gossiping and things like that, just, you know, in love, confront them saying, you know, that's not good because it's not good for them and it's not good for everybody else. So Psalm 133, one and three says, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity for there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. There's also the verse in John 17, 21, where it says that they may all be one. Jesus is praying this in the garden of Gethsemane, just as you father are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us so that the world may believe that you sent me. Our unity together and our unity in prayer is important. Point four, persevering in prayer. Okay, Persevering in prayer. Do we persevere in prayer? Or is it just that kind of WhatsApp? Do, 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 do. I just need to remind God about this thing. And it goes. Um, that's email, isn't it? Yeah, not WhatsApp. So Acts 1, 14. We read this in a section earlier. It says, these all with one mind were continually devoting themselves to prayer. That they continued and continued and they prayed and they prayed and they prayed. These guys, before Pentecost, they prayed for 10 days, didn't they? They're in, they're in that room, they're praying, and it's 10 days between Jesus saying, okay, guys, we need to go and, and wait. And they pray for 10 days. The question is, why are they praying for what's promised? It's one thing. But why are they praying for what's promised continually? We think, okay, God said, go, there's this, it's going to come. And so, so okay, guys, um, let's just do a 15-minute prayer time just so we tick that box and let's go and get some hummus or something down the street. You know, we'll wait these 10 days out until it comes. Um, uh, but they pray continually. There's this verse in Isaiah 62 where it says, I have posted watchmen on your walls, Jerusalem. They will never be silent day or night. You who call on the Lord, give yourselves no rest and give him no rest until he establishes Jerusalem and makes her the praise of the earth. Martin Luther wrote, prayer is not overcoming God's reluctance, but laying hold of his willingness. We see this in one of the great, the great, like, awesome prophets is Elijah, right? In 1 Kings 18.1, it says this, the word of the Lord came to Elijah. So Elijah gets a word from God, God speaks to him. And it says this, go and present yourself to Ahab and I will send rain on the land. Elijah climbed to the top of Carmel, it's a mountain, bent down to the ground and put his face between his knees. Go and look toward the sea, he said to his, he told, he told his servant. And he went up and looked. There's nothing there, he said. Seven times, Elijah said, go back. Seven, the seventh time, the servant reported, a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. Whose idea was it to send the rain? 
God's idea, right? So why did Elijah have to pray seven times if it's God's idea? In James 5, 16 to 18, it says, the heartfelt and persistent prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. Elijah was a man with a nature. So speaking about Elijah, again, like by the book of James, Elisha was a man with a nature like ours and with the same physical and mental and spiritual limitations and shortcomings. And he prayed intensely for it not to rain and it did not rain on the earth for three years and six months. Then he prayed again and the sky gave rain and the land produced its crops. There's this thing with prayer where it's not kind of a quick tack on, but that we see in the Bible that there is a requirement to endure in prayer and persist in prayer. I don't know why it works like that, but it's the way God has chosen for us to work, that we, that we would be persevering in our prayer lives. The intercessory prayer, they're called the Dutch sheets of intercessory prayer. They, they write in there, a lack of endurance is one of the greatest causes of defeat especially in prayer we don't wait well We're, we are into microwaving God on the other hand is usually into marinating and so I'd encourage you guys to read more about prayer spend time praying about prayer meditate on prayer there's a great book by Timothy Keller on prayer called prayer <laughs> Easy to find. Point five, all on board prayer. Everyone together. Acts 1, 13 to 14 says, when they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James, and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus and Simon the Zealot, and Judas son of James. They all joined together. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. For a mum to believe that their son's God, it's probably not too difficult. For her to be like, yes, okay, I'll come. You know? um, but for his brothers, Jesus' brothers, to believe he's God, to be like, okay, you know, we're, we're in this because through, through his ministry there's a bit of tension difficulties and stuff remember when he went home um, but these guys James and Jude his brothers Jude who wrote the book of Jude who are on board and they're praying with all these guys it's there's been a shift there's been this change and it's, they've, they've seen and for those guys the resurrection was the kind of big turning point the, they, their brother's crucified but then he's with them again eating and drinking and these guys go on to be significant leaders in the church this, this verse they all join together constantly in prayer it's, it's so important for us not just to pray alone but for us to pray as a community, as a family. And challenge in Hong Kong, right? Because everyone's so busy. And so actually we're gonna be launching prayer groups soon at 2 a.m. when everyone's free. No, I'm joking, we won't do it 2 a.m. We're gonna be doing prayer groups at some point soon. Um, and I know sometimes it's challenging for people, but 
I just want to really encourage you as best you can to connect with those things because it's, it's, not, it's not like there's a prayer team and praise God for prayer teams and intercessory prayer teams and I, lo- and I love that and the church needs these kind of prayer warriors but it's not, okay, we won't pray. We've got a prayer team to do all that stuff, you know, and we're just going to go, go off and do this. We all need to be praying together. So lastly... Pray for leadership. Pray for leadership. By this point in the, the story around sort of Acts 1 15, Judas, he's split. Pardon the pun. We'll get here when it falls in the field. Um, it, and it says this um, it's kind of Acts 1 tw- uh, 15 to 26. It says, In those days, Peter stood up amongst the believers. And that that was a group numbering about 120. And he said, brothers and sisters, the scripture had to be fulfilled in which the Holy Spirit spoke long ago through David concerning Judas, who served as a guide for those who arrested Jesus. He was one of our number and shared in our ministry. With the payment he received for his wickedness, Judas bought a field. There he fell headlong, his body split or burst open, and his intestines spilled out. Everyone in Jerusalem heard about this, so they called the field in their language Akeldema. That is field of blood. Akeldema is a pretty cool name. Verse 20, it continues. For, said Peter, it is written in the book of Psalms, may his place be deserted. Let there be no one to dwell in it. And may may another take his place of leadership. Therefore, it is necessary to choose one of the men who have been with us the whole time. The Lord Jesus was living among us, beginning from John's baptism to the time when Jesus was taken up from us. For one of these must become witness with us of his resurrection. So they nominated two men. First guy, Joseph, called Barsabbas, also known as Justice, and Matthias, Matthias. They then prayed, Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which of these two you have chosen to take over this apostolic ministry which Judas left to go where he belongs. Then they cast lots and the lot fell to Matthias. So he was added to the 11 apostles. I've often wondered, do you think it went to Matthias because it was like, actually the other guy's got three names. That's going to be way too confusing. But it wasn't that. We have, we have a confidence that these guys who've been praying for, like, they've been praying for 10 days that they're approaching their lives in prayer that they know which is the right one to be praying for. People may say, okay, well, what about Paul, you know? Should Paul not have been this kind of filling guy? He's obviously, he's, we know, everyone knows Paul, not everyone knows Matthias, but we just have to trust. The point of that kind of passage in that section is ahead of God moving. You know, they don't start going until all the leadership stuff is put into place. Ahead of God moving, there needs to be strong leadership in place. Biblical leadership, not overpowering, authoritarian kind of leadership. But we see in that that Peter stands up. He's clearly the guy leading, but he's, it's like he's first amongst equals. That he's not lording it over people, but he's driving things forward. 
John Maxwell writes this. He says, he's a, he writes a lot about leadership and he writes, the truth is that your team must be the size of your dream. It's better to have a great team with a weak dream than a great dream with a weak team. And so I, I'm thankful that we have a great team here. We've got great people here. In Acts 6, this thing of leadership, we see in Acts 6, they appoint deacons to the church and the result is the church grows. In Acts 14, Paul and Barnabas, as they're going through churches, they appoint elders in all the new churches. Paul, writing to Titus in Titus 1, he writes, put in order what was left unfinished and appoint elders. Putting in place the leadership is important. Bill Hybels, he writes this, he says, the local church is the hope of the world and its future rests primarily in the hands of its leaders. And so I personally, I'm grateful for those guys who've led me. I'm grateful for Andrew Owen, who launched Destiny Ministries, for Peter Anderson, who is, he runs Destiny Church Edinburgh. He's the guy who is kind of our closest contact and mentor and disciples us. And, but I'm also grateful for all the great leaders I've met here and guys that are within the church who are leading things back in the summer. We did various leadership training. Some of you guys have, maybe haven't done that yet and, and we'll, we'll do that. But I'm grateful for all the leaders here in this place because actually we have a big vision for the city. We have a big vision for church, but it's not going to go anywhere if it's just most like me and Jess and a, and a few folks. There's a great illustration, which is, imagine this table here, and I get a pile of sand or a load of sand, and I pull the sand on, eventually it's gonna run off, isn't it, to the side, and it's gonna be like a pyramid of sand, okay? But if I want a higher pyramid, I need a wider table. And that's a great description of leadership, is that leaders carry weight, that leaders expand out to do things that having less leaders you just simply can't do. So as we grow and add leaders and put more leaders in place, this table gets bigger, more sand on the table. A kind of a, a quote that I love is, if a church wants a better pastor, all it needs to do is pray for the one that it's got. So. I would, I thank you guys, I know, I know you guys pray for, for me, but I would, I really, if you don't, please do pray for me and be, be praying for leadership, be praying even for churches maybe you don't go to, just be praying for guys who are leading in the city, be pray, pray for them, or, or, or ladies, pray for them, their marriages, all, all this kind of, all these kind of things. I was at a conference in the week, and this guy was talking about, they're basically, they're, in the last, since 2004, they started about 24,000 churches, and that there's this whole stream of churches that they've started where every single leader is a lady. Every single leader has been pioneered um, in this particular area by, I forget which area of India it was, but by, by ladies. And so just be praying for more and more leaders to step up. So to end, Charles Spurgeon, he um, ran the first mega church in Europe. It, the Metropolitan Tabernacle in the 1800s in London. It's the largest church in Europe. And when traveling, he met an American pastor who said this. 
he said, I've long wished to see you, Mr. Spurgeon, and to put um, one or two simple questions to you. In our country, there are many opinions as to the secret of your great influence. Would you be good enough to give me your own point of view? And so after a moment, Spurgeon pauses and has a think, and he says, he says to the guy, my people, pray for me. Prayer, like Pete Gregg said, is like the batteries in our lives, in our ministries, in everything. And I just want to encourage you guys that as church is still in quite early stages, as we're launching, as we're moving forward, as we're preparing to launch, as we're going to that place, as you guys go into your workplaces, because it's not just about the Sunday, it's about you in your lives, seeing, see, seeing people maybe discover Jesus, you know, seeing people and serving people. Pray, make prioritize prayer, make prayer key in your guys' lives. Put time aside. So I'm just gonna pray right now, um, just to end, and then we're gonna go, go into worship to end. Father God, Lord, I thank you. I thank you for this topic, Lord. I thank you for that we get to pray to you, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, that we get to have a relationship with you, Lord, that we can pray, Lord, and you, you hear us, Lord, that we, we have this privilege that is just mind-blowing, Lord, and I just pray that our hearts just see the, the, just how awesome it is, God. Lord, I pray that you put a passion in my heart, a greater passion, Lord. I pray that you put a passion in the hearts of each person here, each person watching or listening, God, to the um, online audio. Lord, I just pray that there would be a, a breakout, Lord, of your spirit inside each of us, Lord, that we would pursue and be passionate and hungry for prayer. Lord, that our hopes would be transformed to prayer, God, and that, that, Lord, that, that we would be hoping for your will to be done. Lord, that we would enter prayer in praise, God, that like those sunflowers, our faces as a people would be turned towards you. Lord, I pray for leaders in this room, God, maybe who aren't even leading anything at the moment, but will do. Lord, I pray protection and covering, Lord. I pray for leaders who have yet to come, Lord, that you would be building us up, God, that we would be praying for our leaders. We pray for leaders in the Church of Hong Kong, Lord, protect marriages, God, protect friendships and Protect them in their churches, Lord. Lord, we pray for growth across the church in Hong Kong, Lord, that people would come in and not experience religion, God, but would experience relationship, that would come and find and experience you. In your great and awesome name, amen.